0: in come on in pull up a chair next to the fire it looks like you've had a long journey i'm your host jocelyn and joining me as always is my co-host ryan hello ryan
1: hello we're back yeah there's no thunderstorms happening above us right now and, <laughs> cross uh, your
0: fingers the tornado warning just ended over my house <laughs> so <laughs> yes hopefully you're not speaking too soon there ryan Jeez, no 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 never I, I like never speak on out all of the on all <laughs> <Ever. laughs>
1: Everything that comes into my mouth is completely and utterly not cursed, so we're fine. Um,
0: but yeah, we've uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I tried something new. Ryan tried something old. So <laughs> who
1: who brought the blue? Did anyone bring the yeah. blue? Butterfly Azarov yeah. has a bit of blue in there. Did you play Alliance? Is that what where you're trying to tell
0: me? No, no, yeah. God, no, no.
1: <laughs> you're the only one who's like clinging to the to the horde. Like you can't take it. Even if even if Blizzard's gonna give us a shitty story, you can't take it. <laughs> no, sorry, shitty's the wrong word. It's more like just you you got the short end of the straw. From what I can tell, uh, as a as an observer, but
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, so yeah, we should just we should jump right into mm-hmm. it here. So uh, actually, before we do, we did have a patron ad this week from Simon, who says weekly news desk is podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games and books. Find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. So Ryan, mm-hmm. you played Uncharted Lost Legacy. This is something I picked up. Like, I feel like this is from this time last year ish. Yeah
1: uh, Yeah, it was early August, I believe. So yeah, just, just coming right up on its one-year anniversary. And I remember you picked it up at launch. I can't remember why I didn't. I think it was... Uncharted 4 was... It was beefy, and it was a long wait. And then when I finished it, I'm like, okay, I think we're good for now. And you know, I always knew Lost Legacy was coming, but I never really felt too attached to the characters. Like Nadine mm. being introduced in Uncharted 4, like, yeah, she was great, but didn't really... You know, light it on fire. And Chloe was always awesome, great uh, voice actress that that does her uh her mocap and her voice. But uh yeah, I just didn't it, for some reason. I just I always thought oh, I'll pick it up, pick it up, and I never did. And then I finally bought it on the Black Friday sale last year. And then I finally played it last week, like while I was on vacation. I made a huge list of games that I have at my disposal to check out, and uh, ended up buying a few more while I was making that list, which is just beyond (laughs) i can't explain it
0: (laughs) Uh, that's really smart though to actually make a list because i find when i go and look at my steam library that's mm -hmm. up to like somewhere between 200 and 300 games i'm not really sure how many but that's kind of part of the problem i'm not really sure how many games i have on steam even and i whenever i go to look at my library i'm always like just scrolling 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 i'm like oh Mm -hmm. my god i'm never gonna get through all this and then so I usually then default to, I know you were making fun of me a second ago, but I usually (laughs) just go and default over to Blizzard for Warcraft or Hearthstone because it's just easier. It's like, I just don't have to think. I'm like, well, I know I like these things. They have constant grinds, so I might as well just go do that instead of, like, trying something new. So... Yeah, making a list of what you've got and what you really want to play through out of all of the things that you own now which i don't know why but when you could put them on your shelf it never felt that overwhelming Hmm. it was always just like and maybe it was because when i bought things like a physical disc it was like i could pick it up play it put it away and then usually like i was done then and then so it was just like something cool that was up on my wall whereas now it feels like when things are digital there's just so so many of them and it's like hard to tell them apart and there's no like i don't know just like no system for it and like especially with like steam sales where you can buy like seven or eight things at a time like when i would go and buy a physical disc of a game that i wanted to play it was like i went out to the store I picked it up, whether I paid full price or not, like, I picked it up, and then I brought it home, and there was, like, so much work involved in getting this game that, you know, I would get one, maybe two or three, depending on if, like, I was in the used game section in EB or something, but, like... I think it's just the a, a volume of digital stuff now mm-hmm. that I'm just like, I can't even keep up. I'm like, I'm making myself sound like old lady. I had a <laughs> birthday <laughs> no, in, no. Like, while I was away on vacation. And yeah, so now I'm just an old lady and I'm like, get off my lawn, all you digital gamers.
1: It's not about, <laughs> I think it's more about like the fact that when you buy something digital, it hides among the rest of the rabble mm. you know like especially in steam if i get a new game and i don't add it to my favorites it is lost forever unless right? i go to like <laughs> my account and see in this when i made the list and sometimes you know some people say like hey if you're having, having trouble trying to figure out what to do next i've always lived by that mantra like just make a list i, I do the getting things done thing on my phone and on my ipad and my am my computer and I'm always tracking <laughs> tasks within you know, Ryan a has
0: app. a list of lists you guys <laughs> yeah
1: it's called uh OmniFocus and it's it's honestly <laughs> it runs my life uh, work business personal you know combined with calendar items everything's tracked it's just or else I forget it and I have like a notebook that you know kind of uh takes it's it's where I write everything down when I <laughs> when something comes in at work uh, so if I'm because I have to go outside to take a call because we don't get any reception. Anyways, if it makes it that notebook and it doesn't make it into the into the device, it just it's like the steam stuff. It's just it, it evaporates into you know it gets it gets snapped Aether. out of existence. <laughs> yeah, and uh... you know I don't really like that. But anyways, back to the point. When I made this list of <laughs> games, I kind of had a cutoff list. I was like, okay, if if this game I played and it what didn't hit me, like this isn't a completionist list. Don't worry right. about that. This is just What game do I want to enjoy next? Mm
0: -hmm. And uh, what did I pick up but never fully play?
1: But I know I'm going to enjoy. And Lost Legacy was certainly on uh, at the top of that list. I'm like, you know what? I think it's time. So I booted it up, and I remember you had played it. I remember you saying, like, you kind of chimed in along the other reviews and saying, yeah, it's more Uncharted. It feels very much like Uncharted, and that can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. And I think that's the reason I waited so long to play it is because I kind of saw it as both a good and a stale thing. Like, oh, more Uncharted, that's great. But I felt like Uncharted games always overstay their welcome by at least a couple extra hours. It almost feels like they just, they had their game and then they kind of expanded it a bit. This one feels like the perfect length for an Uncharted game. Like it's get in, get out, you're getting something unique, you're getting a couple set pieces, you're getting some ha-ha funny character moments, (laughs) and it's over, you know? And it tells a really good story, beginning, middle, end. And I just really, really dug it. And it, it proves that this Uncharted franchise can exist without Nathan Drake. Like, I think mm-hmm. Nathan Drake... Yeah,
0: I thought it was I thought it was really, really entertaining, mm-hmm. even without him. Though he's not a character I'm super tied to, because, sure. again, like, with Uncharted being a PlayStation title, it's one of the ones that I wasn't on the Uncharted bandwagon from the beginning. Like, I played three, I guess, because this was Uncharted 4, right? Before Lost Legacy? Or am I... Uh, Am I getting them wrong?
1: No, no, no. I think uh Lost Legacy takes place after four. It's, right. It's hard to. So place. yeah, I played
0: three and four, but I didn't play one and two. No, and, in the Uncharted and, franchise.
1: Yeah, which is. uh Yeah, yeah. That like one and because the
0: Chloe, the Chloe character is totally new to me.
1: Yeah, because she's in two. Yeah, and she pops up in three, but she's not really a main character. I think she's in the very beginning of three. Um, one was very much a proof of concept a very good starting point. point two is kind of like considered the the next the, the pinnacle of of mm-hmm. the franchise and three was was a was still a good game and it kind of took two and, and ran with it four i think was phenomenal just being on a new platform but uh with lost legacy it's uh it is more of the same except they i don't think you got to this point i don't know how far you did get but they they bring something new to the to the franchise in this like open world segment. So you drive into this valley and it's this huge valley and it's kinda like you have to solve these three sections to move on, and there's a map, and you can literally open the map and you see like the three sections you can go to. And then there's some side stuff in there as well that is optional. Um and I really I did
0: yeah, I did play through that part. Oh yeah. cool.
1: And I really dug that. Uh and that's new to the franchise. They never did anything like that. I, I thought it was very it was an interesting experiment to try in this game, and I wish, I wish they had tried it sooner because I thought it really fit really well. Um, it wasn't like anything crazy. Like open world games have been have done much better uh, than what Uncharted tried to do. But in comparison to a linear game, a linear franchise, it's always been like run forward, get into cover, shoot some dudes, run forward, swing around, yeah. r- a rope, and do some cool stuff. Being an open world and kind of experimenting with this. The way they've set that world up was, I think, really, really interesting. And again, doesn't really overstate. It's welcome. You can kind of buzz through that place really quick if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really dug. I really dug that. And I, and I finished it. It was over before I kind of. It's like, oh, it's over. It was about maybe six or six hours or so. Um, and I was kind of like moving through it. Pretty at a pretty healthy click. So yeah. I I dug it and it's always going on sale. I got it for like 50% Mm -hmm. off and it's totally worth, you know. And it's
0: like, it's it's not quite a like full price title, but it's also not like a $20 DLC, right? Wasn't it like, I feel like it was like 40 or 50 bucks.
1: Yeah, it's 50 bucks Canadian. Uh, I picked it up at like 25 Canadian. I've seen it. I've seen it. That's usually how low I've seen it. I guess it launched. So I'm not entirely sure, but I own Uncharted 4. And I think they made all the modes free, uh, all the modes they added. So the extra mode that's included in Lost Legacy is like a survival mode. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to try it, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I don't have a current subscription to PlayStation Plus, so I was like, I'm not even going to try the multiplayer. But I guess there's a a horde mode where you can queue up with four of your friends and and go against waves of of enemies. I didn't bother booting it up, but I'm pretty sure they added that to Uncharted so funny
0: so funny that Hmm. you don't have a playstation plus account right now because like mine is set to just auto renew on all of my platforms every Uh, year so usually sometime in and around christmas i get this email being like you have paid sixty dollars to playstation I'm like why and then i'm like oh okay i guess i'm locked in for another year i don't (laughs) and then i just forget about it again
1: yeah no i uh i just stopped playing multiplayer games on the console and and I said to myself, Oh, I no. have
0: too. I have no reason to have it at all. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: and I just don't have a lot of time to dabble in multiplayer when I'm when I buy a game that is solely single player. So I just I just canceled it, and I finally realized that the games with gold and uh, the PlayStation Plus free games did not miss them one bit. <laughs> I figured mm-hmm. if something popped up that I really wanted, I could subscribe for the month, check it out, and then jump out. Uh, but it just hasn't come up and the subscriptions at least here in canada like they've been getting more and more expensive and going on sale less and less like yeah. almost to the point where they just never go on sale because i used to buy the cards at like maybe 15 to 20 bucks off but that doesn't happen anymore but no i disabled the auto renew and uh i haven't really looked you never back you missed
0: it I know uh, there's been a couple of games that have come up, um, Monster Hunters, one of them, that Mm -hmm. did have a multiplayer component that was pretty fun. So, I mean, it's been used for sure, but uh, not not nearly as much as as it probably should. But Yeah. yeah, so... So overall, Uncharted Lost Legacy, worth it if you're getting the Uncharted itch at this point in time, which I think a lot of people are. I don't know. Are there even plans for another Uncharted game in the works right now or not? Yeah,
1: I I did the thing that I do after like every movie and TV show, Mm. like, oh, when's when's (laughs) it coming back? Is there a
0: sequel? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, (laughs) when's A Quiet Place 2 coming? Because I just finally watched it and Ashley and I really enjoyed it
0: so good oh my god that, that movie was amazing there's a
1: moment and i didn't i nothing was spoiled for me but there's a moment at the beginning of the movie uh that totally sets the tone for that film mm-hmm. and it's like hmm okay i guess what we're watching is like something completely different and not not at all Hollywood hollywoodized even though mm-hmm. it's produced by michael bay's production company so right. like they must have just like thrown they just
0: gave jim the reins and said uh, do what you want and he did an amazing job anyways that's movies we're not even talking about movies but But no the uh, quiet uh, place everyone should go watch quiet place (laughs)
1: yes available now uh no and uh, in terms (laughs) of uncharted um i i looked into it a bit and they and basically it sounds like it's it's on ice you know like they've Mm. they it it went out in a proper way the only way the only reason lost legacy kind of came out the way it did is they promised story dlc so when they were working on it and decided to tell this this larger story, I think Lost Legacy did okay for what it was, but it didn't necessarily like really do gangbusters. I mean, Uncharted is, believe it or not, has never really been a star. It's a star franchise, but it's never really made a lot of money. Mm. Uh, you know, gangbusters, really. Like if you look at what PlayStation 4 does, like Horizon, I think uh, the new God of War really did light the world on fire, but Uncharted's always been this, like, you know, sure thing that comes in, sells well, gets critical acclaim, but doesn't really, like, inspire... It's this... not
0: breaking any records?
1: No, but but again, like, it doesn't always need to be the case. I think what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll lay for a bit, and then once the Uncharted movie finally gets off the ground, they'll probably have something. Um, like, Uncharted is still, like, a key franchise for Sony, but as far as I know, like, in terms of Naughty Dog... Uh, you've got them working on last of us two uh mm-hmm. and they've always they they are a two uh game studio a two team studio uh so it'd be interesting to see if maybe they have another smaller team from the lost legacy project and moving it over but uh yeah i i don't know it seems it seems like they're gonna let it lay for a little bit and and see whether or not uh people really want it. But I think if that movie comes at some point, like, I don't know if you saw the Nathan Fillion fan film, but, Mm -hmm. um, if they, if they really want to push that franchise, they'll probably back it up with a game at some point in the near future. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the other thing I've been seeing a lot of chatter about this game again for it seems like not necessarily bad reasons this time <laughs> uh, but no man's sky has had a new update so this is update right not dlc like this yeah. is free for everybody
1: this is an update yeah
0: so what did you think of no man's sky like what two years after it launched yeah it had the, probably the roughest launch of anything ever <laughs> yeah
1: it's a weird cautionary tale but also like something that never really happens which is a developer you know puts their head down and just works on the game and and continues to deliver it like i honestly don't know how they've they managed to continue developing this game they've charged for nothing uh they had their initial sales and i'm sure like it's steadily sold as as uh, as new updates were created, because they had about three updates before, three or four updates before this next expansion. You know, they added base building and additional story and some some minor stuff like lunar uh, vehicles and freighters and stuff. Um, nothing groundbreaking, but enough to kind of add stuff to the game to keep it fresh. Uh, and, and I played at launch, and the game was what it was. Like, I don't really buy into the whole, like, I'm doing an interview on Stephen Colbert and like the game's going to be the second coming. Whoa, you know, and it was never that for me. It was always just, this is going to be a cool, relaxing space game. Nothing else like it. It's going to be neat. And it was what it was. And then I think I played it again in like November, December. Uh, and when they added base building, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I jumped out and I just hadn't touched it since. I can't believe it's been two years since it launched. Uh, but this next update adds what people thought would be in at launch like true multiplayer um with you know a co-op base building and you know there's now third person mode for both ship and on the ground and it's as easy as just you join a lobby like josh and i played on tuesday i was streaming it and basically i started a new game and all josh had to do was go to join friends game and he popped right in he was
0: Mm. right
1: beside me and i could see him we were building bases together and, and mining. and
0: I love how I could see him as, like, some big accomplishment for this game. But it kind of is because yeah. that was the big thing. And I, I saw an, an interview. I think it might have been Polygon who interviewed the developer. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really stuck out to me is he basically said, like, and it made me really, really sad, but he basically said, like, we got too excited about the game. We said some things that we wanted to do and were actively working on, but that didn't make the final cut, and I'm never gonna, like, do that again. And I was like, no, be excited about your games, like, devs, please, like, the internet culture has just, like... Totally ruined everything. <laughs> it's so yeah. terrible. Like for a dev to say, like, I'm never gonna get excited about making a game again, and I'm never gonna share my excitement over my projects with the grander world, because like, things got really bad for him. Like he was getting death threats and stuff over oh, a video game. You guys, like, this is
1: this is next the world we level live in crazy. I know, but this is it just,
0: it's it is it's totally insane. So so yeah, like basically when it launched they had like people had all these expectations that weren't met and multiplayer to the point that like streamers who were playing in the first week were saying like okay well where are you what's the name of your galaxy what's the name of your planet like where are all the people like i understand this is supposed to be like the biggest space game ever but i should Mm -hmm. see some people right Mm -hmm. but they were in a game all by themselves yeah. so it's like the developer never made clear what was actually going to launch with the game
1: yeah like it's tough you look back at how this launched and there are still people to this day that look at the work that uh, Hello Games has done and say like no i was hurt uh you know (laughs) at the hurt me
0: once shame on you yeah and and (laughs) they own the game
1: you know if they bought it on playstation they weren't able to return it no matter how bad they hated it um if they bought it digitally if they if they bought it at you know a GameStop or eb games they could easily return it and maybe they did but i think if you look at this update it proves sort of the the loyalty that hello games had to the the vision they had like they like you mm-hmm. said they, you put it really well that they've been in interviews saying that the idea was always to have multiplayer and when we said we wanted when we said those things about multiplayer we were actively investigating them but and there's a great uh there's been a lot of awesome interviews with sean murray the kind of the face of hello games he's been he gave an interview to Eurogamer where he basically went through everything that happened to him in the, in the last two years and, and how it's really changed the way they talk about their games. Uh, and and kind of, a, like I said, a cautionary tale is to, you just have to, you can be excited about your product. You just have to be careful about what you show. Making and promises. Making yeah. promises. Like there's been, a, there's there was really interesting talk about CD Projekt Red and the way that they showed uh, Cyberpunk 2077 behind closed doors. And a lot of people were saying, well, the main reason they did that is they showed Witcher 3 A couple years before launch and then when it launched it appeared to have a a downgrade visually well that's Mm. because they're playing on top-of-the-line hardware to hit targets because their game isn't optimized yet so it might not look as great when it launches because they have to sort of tune it to hardware and consoles and all that and it it was a pretty much the same thing like an internet grab your pitchforks type scenario (laughs) and they're like well we're never going to do that again like we're not going to show you pre-release alpha stuff if it's just going to be,
0: if this is how you guys are going to act, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I don't, I don't blame them one, one little bit. And yeah, like you can look at No Man's Sky and you can kind of say like maybe they were being put front and center. It was interesting, but he has a really great line in one of the interviews. It's like, we got front stage at E3 multiple years by Sony because we were showing something different. We weren't another gray, like I'm injecting words here, but they weren't another gray shooter guy with a dude rag over his head and, you know, shooting people. Like he was, it was different. It was space. Mm -hmm. It was first person exploration. It was procedurally generated. It was, it was colorful. Um, And then it was also the opposite. You'd go to a planet and there'd be nothing there, you know? And Yeah. yeah, but anyways, with this new update, I've been playing through it and kind of experiencing the last two years of updates. And I think that, it wouldn't be unfair to say, like, this is the game that people were waiting for. Uh, it's They've really done a lot of work here to to bring it up to speed. I think that a lot of people have even said, like, if they launched this as early access and kind of developed it in in that way, and, and really the only difference would be just two words as opposed to just releasing full-fledged. They just say, hey, this is early access. We're going to keep working on it because that was always their intent to kind mm-hmm. of keep working well, on and it.
0: that's that's kind of how and i mean i it ticked me off when it first came out people making this comparison but i can kind of see it now although i will say i still think that sea of thieves on launch had more to it than no man's sky mm-hmm. did because they right. had co-op like you could go in and play with your friends and that's where the fun was to be had in sea of thieves no man's sky like you were all on your own and i don't know that just seemed it's boring. not a fair comparison me. No. like but um I can definitely see that now and I think Sea of Thieves probably would have been if it wasn't Microsoft's like big thing this year that they were super pushing like if they had instead taken the time launched it early access gotten more people in there to do more things, then it probably would be a better game because I've heard people say there have been a couple of major updates since the last time I played the game, which was probably like two months ago now. and I've heard people say that like Sea of Thieves today is way better because the team's been working their ass off and they've taken the content they were going to do between launch and like November and smooshed it into June. Like they took their timeline and just went kabam because mm-hmm. people were so disappointed with, you know, the lack of things to do in Endgame. So I can see the comparison and I can see the like changes potentially that it, that have been made and stuff and, and I can understand the idea of like wanting to have some big exclusive title. But like if you're going to launch with a disappointing product, it would have been so much better to, like you say, launch early access and say, like, look, guys, we need more bodies in here. We need more ideas. We need more whatever, like get in here, get excited, like what we've got so far and we'll work on it from here that being said i hate the idea of early access period i think in in a world where early access exists early access would have been a better idea for sea of thieves and no man's sky i I wish we didn't live in a world of early access i wish things were just made and then delivered i
1: mean (laughs) no man's sky was made by a team of i think six people so it's it when you look at where no man's sky is now it wouldn't exist in this in in this uh sort of state if it hadn't been launched two years ago because a team of six working on one game uh on a limited budget and i think they actually talk about this in the interviews where it's like if they didn't launch it then you wouldn't have the no man's sky we have today because they needed to get it out there to build capital and Mm. you know higher up and and sort of i think they maybe still have six people really interesting
0: too is that like games now seem to have much much larger or they do period mm -hmm. have much much larger scopes than games did 10 and 20 years ago like these games are huge now and like and and a lot of them like no man's sky i'm not lumping Sea of Thieves in with this, because obviously they're made by Rare, but No Man's Sky has a larger scope than a lot of games have ever had, and it's being made by six people. Like, Mm -hmm. that's wildly out of balance compared to, like, how what we would have been used to in, like, a pre-internet age, in a, you know, Super Nintendo console age. So, I mean, I, I get it that they're... the early access model has come into being as a necessity because of the expectations of the industry now and the small dev teams. (laughs) Like, I understand why it exists. I just, I wish it didn't have to. I wish projects like No Man's Sky would get picked up by PlayStation and then funded and then made properly with a large enough team to support it quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a
1: big fan of the way Sony sort of propped the game up in a way, mm. and then sort of just dropped it like a hot potato. And and that, that shows in the way that Sony kind of, like, talked a lot about No Man's Sky, and then at launch just was like, whoa, hey, we had nothing to do with this. We were just, like, you know, writing a couple emails, and, oh, yeah, totally not our thing. <laughs> Yet, like, you look at No Man's Sky coming out, it actually launched on Xbox uh, for the first time. I mean, part of that could no doubt be the fact that you've got a small development team trying to fix the game and port it to xbox but i'm sure there's a window of exclusivity in terms of the console exclusivity Mm -hmm. like i sony must have had that but i I don't know that for a fact It could literally it's not easy to port a game um to what there's
0: no make for xbox button
1: no (laughs) i mean like the the infrastructure between a pc the playstation 4 and an xbox one are all very similar but yeah, there's no unless you're using Unreal. Uh, I guess there is a there is a button like that, but it's still not perfect. <laughs> uh, it's 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 all very different. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but yeah, it'd be it would be it would surprise me if there was a magic button. But hey, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? Just like yes. export to Switch, make yeah. much money. Um, <laughs> question mark question mark profit. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, no, I. I That being said, with Next, they don't uh, really change up the core gameplay loop. So if you played it at launch and it just wasn't your thing, this doesn't change things immensely. I find adding co-op does add add a certain element to it where you can enjoy something that you didn't quite enjoy on your own, but you're playing with friends, so you're kind of having you know, a, you know, a dialogue as you're playing through. So that, that's, that is very nice. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to change people's tune who who played this originally and just eh, didn't really, Mm. you know, hit me, but, uh, some of the new story stuff and, and the progression and the way you're, you're manufacturing minerals and base building and all the UI stuff they added. It's a great quality of life update as well as like a feature update. And I think the game is is really where it's at. It's on sale on pretty much every platform except for the Xbox because uh, it just mm. launched. So right. if you're looking to pick it up on the cheap, I think it's half price on Steam, and I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it's half you know. price
0: on Steam because as soon yeah. as I logged in, it was like, "Play this game," and I was like, "No." <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, I'm really digging it, and I'm contemplating picking it up on PC because it does chug a little bit on the PS4, but it still looks really nice on the PS4. I just thought, like, hmm, maybe this would.
0: Right, cuz you be. still have the same PS4 that I have, right? Not the the brand spankin' new sparkly fast one?
1: Yeah, no, I yeah, I'm not a big half-step guy either. Like I don't even the only kind com- of time I do that is on the PC when I can't like kind of run anything at high like if I'm starting to hit issues, I'll upgrade hardware there, but with consoles, I've never been one to I don't think I've to really... get
0: the the 0.5 version.
1: Yeah, or like the cool color variation or whatever. I've never I've never done that with consoles, so, yeah.
0: So you're still on the old one, then? I am,
1: yes. Sorry, yeah. I'm yeah. still running my old PS4, but... Uh, yeah, the, the a new Xbox One is kind of tempting, because I do have that big, giant machine, but I don't play enough Xbox games to... Exactly.
0: Well, they don't have anything coming out. Anyways, I was going to go back to Sea of Thieves, but I'm just going to let that go. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, speaking of exporting to Switch... Uh, The game that I actually played this week is something that was totally not on my radar at all. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, uh, Ryan asks me every week, like kind of Sunday, (laughs) Monday-ish, what I'm going to play, what I'm going to talk about on the show, because he does the really super cool Patreon mini shows. So he does like a preview of what's upcoming this week. Mm -hmm. And so he always asks me what I'm going to play. And I'm like... I don't freaking know. I'm like, I feel like I missed something. I feel like there was something in late July, early August that I was looking forward to, and I can't. I don't remember what it was. I can't remember, and I know that August is going to be crazy, super busy because there's new Hearthstone expansion, there's a new Warcraft expansion. So mm-hmm. my August is just going to be it's
1: blizzard month. A mess. At the in
0: Exactly, a total blizzard month. But, um, yeah. So I was like, okay, I. I don't know what I'm going to play. We could talk about Wow and and we're going to talk a little bit about Wow because Ryan's still on the fence. But yes. I went to the I went to Steam, I went to the PlayStation store, I went to the Xbox <laughs> store, I went to the Switch store. I was like, "What the F game did I miss? Like, what is like what is this game?" And turns out I didn't figure out what it was. So, I think I'm just <laughs> losing my mind. But <laughs> what I did find was this on the, the Switch store, saying that it launched uh, today, actually, I believe. Um, the On the Switch store, I saw this game called Candle. And I was like, oh, I didn't hear about this game at all. Like, what is, what is this? And then it was like $30 for the Switch version. And I was like, "I I swear I've seen this somewhere before. So I went over to Steam and I searched for it. And it's actually a game from 2016 that's been exported to the Switch (laughs) to Mm. make much money. And so uh, basically I was like, okay, well, I'm going to buy it on PC because it was like, I think 20 bucks on, on PC and I figured it might potentially run better. But anyways, what it is, is this like really cool adventure, like puzzle game. But the art style specifically is this like watercolor imperfect style and it just like visually it's stunning it's stunning Mm -hmm. and i was like okay so i'm gonna give this a try it's got this really cool art style and then so i boot the game up and it starts off with this amazing cinematic and it was long i was like huh what's actually going on right now and it's talking about like the creation of their universe and the different tribes and stuff and just all kinds of crazy cool stuff And then it's probably five minutes, maybe more of this amazing voiceover work. And Mm. then it tosses you into the game. And the idea is you're this like little tribes person with a candle and your shaman has been stolen by this like neighboring warlike tribe. And so you have to go and try and rescue him. But right away, it was challenging. Like the puzzles and stuff are really hard and you have to pay attention to the environment in a way that I've never really paid attention to a game before because like because of the art style, and you can kind of see if you guys are watching the video, you can see it behind me. But it's like the all the solutions to the puzzles are shown and hinted at in the artwork. But they're so subtle, and it's probably because I've been conditioned like, there's so many games now that, like, if you walk up to stuff, it'll pop up the button you're supposed to push. Or, like, in WoW, things sparkle or get golden outlines. And, you know, like, your hand is held in games so often now Mm -hmm. that, like, to me, I'm playing through this game, and I'm like, oh my god, like, things look that I can interact with look like they're part of the background. And, like, it just, there's so many hidden elements but everything you need is there and then knowing everything you need is there when you get to a point where you can't solve it you're just like oh my god i'm an idiot why is my brain not working why can't i figure this out but then it's probably the most satisfying thing i've ever done is actually solving these puzzles like when i get it i'm like oh my god i got it oh Oh. i'm so smart
1: so it's like a it's (laughs) It's a it's a game, uh, when it comes to puzzles in video games, would you say it's a feeling that you haven't had since... Like, Portal 2 is sort of that... Was always... The Portal games was always that bar for like, oh my god, I solved
0: it. Yeah, I can't believe you, it. Yeah, once you get it, you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. It's so, uh, that's a really good um, comparison, actually. Except I would say, like, the puzzles are probably harder than Portal. Oh. And so, therefore, more frustrating, but more satisfying when you get them. Um, hmm. And it's just, like... It's kind of almost like hard to explain, but there's just like, there's different, there's even ways to like interact with the environment that have absolutely nothing to do with solving puzzles. So it's not even like when, or at least like, I'll say have nothing to do with solving the puzzles, but there's a chance that I just haven't hit the puzzle that I'm going to need to use a like past item for or something, Mm -hmm. but like there's one part where like you can knock over a thing and then it's like oh well this didn't actually do anything that's kind of weird so it's like there's things that are almost like red herrings that you can interact with as well as things that actually help you solve the puzzle so even if you find something that you can interact with it doesn't necessarily mean anything so it's like again an added level of difficulty yeah so I, like, I really, if you like puzzle games, and the thing I like too about Candle so far is I haven't hit a puzzle yet, and this is probably my biggest pet peeve with, like, puzzly kind of video games, is that I haven't hit a part yet that is, like, mechanically challenging, like a jump that you can only barely make, you know, stuff like that. I haven't hit something like that yet. All the challenges have been just like straight up like mental puzzles to solve. And then once you solve it, you can just go do it. You don't have to worry about like mechanics and like, oh, I'm going to miss this jump. Or like I have to hit the timing on this perfectly. Like I haven't hit anything like that yet. There's one time one jump timing event, Mm -hmm. but I haven't actually like, I think there's two pieces to it so it again this is one of those kind of red herring type situations where you unlock a thing and you think you should be able to use it right away but then you fail and then you're like oh wait okay there's probably two parts to this because again it's like they they haven't challenged me mechanically in the annoying way that some puzzle games do so I don't know i'm just i'm loving it so far the art style is beautiful it's super colorful and fun mm. and like i said it's really challenging so if you're looking for a puzzle challenge game this one is a really cool one with a really neat story
1: yeah the the, the art style to me when i when i first looked it up before the show you look at that art style it's like it screams something unique which again you know talking about no man's sky it's very hard to hit a unique art style games have been mm-hmm. around for a very long time in the sense that even with 3d games and and in indie games more of the 2d pixel art and stuff like that 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 art art styles in the in those veins have been explored a lot so when you find something unique it's really cool to see something unique come out and it's interesting when you say you you saw it on the on the the switch eShop, and this isn't good for Nintendo per se, but <laughs> when when something new launches on on the eShop, it's you know they're porting it to the Switch, giving it new life, but not on, not necessarily only on the Switch. Like for yourself <laughs> yeah. and and me, you know you see it on the eShop, it's like oh wow, when did this game come out? Oh, it's on Steam. Oh, it's like half price, you know regular price. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that because it's new on the Switch, it's full mm-hmm. price, but because it's old on the PC, it's on sale on Steam. So, sorry, Nintendo, you definitely showed me a cool new game, but um, yeah. I gave my money to Steam.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's a game which is good
0: good for the developer in the end, yeah. right? Like... The developer
1: still gets their you know their their payday, um, yeah, and. It brings a game that came out, yeah, two years ago, is forever in this industry, and it's hard to keep your game in the limelight. So the fact that just l- launching it on Switch, putting in that effort, it's almost like it's almost kind of like an advertising campaign. Like let's port oh, it yeah. to Switch, get it at the front of the eShop because Nintendo's been very good at least percolating the new stuff to the top and mm-hmm. kind of saying like, hey, this is brand new, check it out. Um, they're you know they're launching new stuff every week, so yes, eventually it does fall down the. Uh, you know down the charts but um i, I was actually there's a game a lot of people were talking about hollow knight never played it mm. but it's like a metroidvania and it just launched on the switch and i'm like i might pick that up but then i remember it's on steam i looked it up maybe i have it from like a humble bundle because it came out like early last year um I, I don't own it but i did look and there's no you know quote unquote switch tax on it and it's about this it's the same price on the eShop shop as it is on steam so I, I like that. Like I know port, like we talked about, porting is expensive. It's not an easy thing to do. So I understand developers are going to have a discounted version that's been out for a year, but then kind of mm. charge a premium for a new ported version. Um, but do you... Well, and- Go ahead. I
0: will say like I, I'm almost like I think I probably should have actually picked it up on the switch mm-hmm. just because I feel like playing this with a controller might be a little bit easier because the controls are like you have to move with your arrow keys and then like you run with your shift button and jump with your spacebar oh. and then like the S key is the interact key and I don't know why but it just it's, it's slightly awkward probably just because I'm used to playing World of Warcraft right and your mouse doesn't do anything. So, like, huh. I was even at the beginning, like, I was trying to, like, move my mouse to try to, like, start a new game. And I'm like, where is my mouse? Why can't I do this? What is happening? I need to click on the menu. And all you do is you use the arrow keys and the enter button. Huh. And I'm like, I haven't done this in a game in forever. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you must have an Xbox One controller lying around.
0: Oh, yeah, I do. I do, for sure. But I think I'm we've just had I this haven't time, tried yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't tried it on. Uh, I haven't tried it with a controller yet, hmm. but I feel like... A controller, if the Steam version supports a controller, which I'm not positive it does. Most Steam games now tend to support controllers, but there's a chance it doesn't. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. Anyways, um, I think playing it on the Switch, like this would, this is, I think, would be a really good Switch game.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask. I know you is didn't what I was kind of getting Switch. around to. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh- I know you didn't play on switch but i'm curious like do you feel like even portable would it serve as a good portable game like uh, I so. um i think so
0: um i've never been disappointed by a switch when i've played it on or like a switch game when i've played it on the small like small portable screen like it's it's quite good it's really high quality so i feel like this game would be fine because again i've yet to hit a puzzle that's like straight up mechanics it's mm. all been like a puzzle that I've had to figure out with my brain not do with my fingers so I don't think it would lose anything like going on to the switch do yeah. you know what I mean hmm. like cool. uh, the switch I think it, the switch blows me away in terms of like how playable it actually is on the small screen like when they were talking about it I'm like this is so dumb. Why does it even have a screen? No one's ever going to play it portably. It's going to be terrible. Like why is this happening? Just make a freaking console or let other people just license Zelda. Like why are we doing this, Nintendo? Not even Mario. I will just admit. Zelda. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't, don't care about Mario, just Zelda. Not I mean, you sure could, you would Zelda. probably
1: argue that they should still license Zelda, but like we won't get into I, that conversation. I would, but yeah,
0: that's a whole other conversation. But my point is that I was very, very wrong when it comes to the Switch. Um, the playing on the portable screen is more than doable. It's actually a pleasant experience. It was something I wasn't expecting, so I can safely say that all these indie games that are getting Hmm. ported over to switch and i have played a couple of them the ones that are getting ported over to switch they've been very good ports and they've been very playable on the small screen i wouldn't expect candle to be any different and might actually benefit from non-keyboard controls like it might actually be easier to play with a controller or on the switch and Hmm. i i mean i should give it a shot with my xbox controller i'll give you guys a quick um thumbs up, thumbs down next week as to whether or not this works well with the controller, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and and not to say that we talked about the export button, but I know listening to a lot of podcasts and developer interviews, when porting something to the Switch, it has proven to be um, an easy first step to kind of at least get it running on the Switch. Obviously, there are refinements and tuning and, and fixes that need to be done before launch, but uh, for the most part, I've it's you know developers have said it's it's quite easy to to get their game running especially if they're using um you know uh, uh, an engine that is supported mm-hmm. on the switch like unity or unreal so it's it's a uh, it's really cool to see these games getting new life on on the switch or or any console for that matter mm-hmm. but the switch is is newer therefore a couple of years behind so i know they just got like the limbo inside yep. or my yeah so the, yeah
0: the definitive edition of of limbo and yeah all that kind of stuff yeah and there are Which, a lot of I nintendo mean, players
1: that to touch that you know
0: yeah and that's the thing like you um you did mention like the unique art styles and how hard it is to find and stuff and how how cool the candle game actually looks from uh, just an artistic perspective and i mean it's i would say totally in the vein of all those other ones you just mentioned of like limbo and inside and um uh, crap, Little Nightmares, like Little Nightmares had a really cool art style, even Mm. though I didn't think that the gameplay was all that great, but it had a really cool art style. So yeah, like I I think that there's a lot of indie companies doing a lot of really cool things. And especially like we were talking about No Man's Sky got kind of lucky, air quotes lucky, depends on how lucky you think it actually is, but Mm -hmm. they were very much in the spotlight by PlayStation. So they kind of got lucky with their exposure, but most small companies, don't get that kind of advertising and mm. that kind of exposure on great games like this. So I mean, if porting over to the Switch is what it takes to, you know, get your game back out there, then go ahead and do it. Oh, <laughs> Export to you... Switch and make much money. <laughs>
1: I wonder, do you think they could do No Man's Sky on the Switch? I've been I've been surprised before by the things they can port over to mm. that that little console that could.
0: I I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because it's a huge game, isn't it?
1: It's like it's procedurally generated so it's it's uh it is yeah i don't know how big a game it is i'd have to look i know the patches were you know i had to download all the patches so it was like 15 Mm -hmm. gigabytes total so yeah maybe it'd be it'd be too too large for a switch but uh yeah i think if i
0: think the biggest game that i have on the switch right now is like 13.5 ish gigs and it's um oh i'm totally blanking on it now but it was that yeah there we go mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big game
1: one that again is on the list <laughs> yeah because i quite enjoyed it and uh, i remember the beginning of the year it's like oh man i'm gonna beat yeah. it and play it and it's gonna oh be great. man it was
0: it was so so good <sighs> anyways uh josh in the chat were saying playstation struggles with no man's sky from time to time with graphics so the switch would blow up i mean yeah fair, yeah, enough. And, fair okay, enough maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, just before we get into the WoW talk, I wanted to remind everybody that if you enjoy the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash mm-hmm. and you can also join our community over at bit.ly slash TGI discord. That's where we pull people from when we hit our goal to have a game night every month. So if you'd like to talk to Ryan and I about all things video games, as well as the rest of the members of the community, please do go over to bit.ly slash TGI discord. All right. So it's almost time, Ryan. Yeah. We there. have started. We have started the World of Warcraft pre-patch for Battle for Azeroth. This week was the first week of the new story content, so we're getting all of the stuff now with the uh, with Darkshore and with the invasion mm. of Darnassus is happening, uh, I believe next week. So, so we're we're ramping up into Battle for Azeroth. So. This was not my idea, you guys. This is this is not this is I not me it, yeah. saying I needed to talk about Wow. Uh, so Ryan, what what about Wow do you want to talk about? Because I, I I could talk for hours. So I
1: can't remember what I was doing, but I, I I yo I was patching probably I I was patching something on the Battle.net launcher. and I noticed that they had launched 8.0, mm-hmm. and I don't have an active Wow subscription. So I was like, oh, what what would it cost? I should probably look at buying the expansion. And man, oh man, that is so expensive. It's like $63 Canadian for the base expansion. This is an expansion we're talking about.
0: Yeah. And, and so this is a problem with localized currency basically okay. is that they gave a whole bunch of different countries um prices in their currency. They did this across Blizzard games. It was a while back now. Mm-hmm. And uh, cuz I noticed the same thing with the next Hearthstone expansion is it's like $130 if you get both bundles in the states and it's like $170 in Canada. And it's just like it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, so this is, yeah, this is part of the Blizzard's price localization is that it's not even, um, like, it's not equal exchange rate, right? So it's mm. like <laughs> we get taxed because we live in Canada. <laughs> so so
1: it, it's just, I look at it and I've. I feel I've, like
0: it's like 40. It might be 50, but I think it's 40 in the States.
1: I, no, I, I, I think they upped it. Did it not go to 50?
0: I thought,
1: I thought that was. I remember. New. I know
0: that was it was big news that was uh warlords of draenor but i can't remember now if and it's it sucks too and i know that this makes me sound like a douche you guys i'm really sorry but like i just i just buy it i don't look at the price like because <laughs> it's the next wow expansion so i know i'm gonna play it i don't know so... if it,
1: it makes you sound like a <laughs> like the d word but like i, I think that
0: oh I... it is okay josh is saying it is fifty dollars
1: yeah and but then there's the active subscription portion of it as well so if you're looking at it it's like for the base game it's going to cost me almost a hundred dollars to jump back into wow for a month you know uh and maybe i forget to resub or to cancel the resub and maybe i go a couple extra months so it's definitely (laughs) going to be over a hundred bucks and the way i play wow is i jump in and uh i I level my character i experience the base story you Mm know and then i uh vicariously lived through youtube and twitter to experience the rest of the story you know drip fed over the next year and a half you know mm-hmm. with uh with the raid uh results and i think i even fell off legion because i don't know from from someone not playing that story went places i was like what the hell is happening like <laughs> warcraft 3 was so easy to understand shit went down and there was a guy in a, in a frozen suit and he sold his soul and the scourge and all that it was easy to follow elves naga all that sort of thing but now with world of warcraft it's like what is happening <laughs> like, <laughs> now and now they're fighting so i kind of well, get that back to
0: i was gonna say like so so this is blizzard attempting to kind of like bring things back to the core of what wow is which is the conflict between the alliance and the horde Mm -hmm. i think that they went about it in a very piss poor way when it comes to setting up the expansion i think that there were a lot of other events that could have been used in a way to forward like push forward a faction conflict but overall like if you if you missed out on legion you're not really going to be that lost i don't think like Basically in Legion, we defeated the burning Legion.
1: Yes. Huzzah. So They're gone now. They're dead. They're forever. gone.
0: Yep. Okay. <laughs> and then um, part of us defeating them, a really bad thing happened. A Titan stabbed Azeroth, and now there's like energy everywhere in the form of Azerite. Uh-huh. So now the Alliance and the Horde are fighting over that.
1: Which makes perfect it. that makes sense to <laughs> it's, me.
0: It's a very it's a very, very simplistic story uh-huh. um yeah so i mean if you're if you're worried about jumping in because the story seems super convoluted all the super convoluted stuff is kind of over now and we're getting back to like alliance v horde at least right. at the beginning of the expansion and i'm not going to get into a whole bunch of spoilers and speculation about where we think the expansion is going but for right now the part that you're going to play is mm-hmm. literally like the alliance and the horde are at war
1: it's Warcraft 4 if World of Warcraft failed to sell very well is that what it, mm-hmm. basically what you're saying so they've they've yeah. taken what could work as a Warcraft 4 and put it into World of Warcraft and i don't mean to sound reductive i love World of Warcraft everyone you know i know the chat room is kind of making fun of how i've i've taken the story <laughs> of over 2 years and and kind of convinced him. <laughs> it,
0: it down into 10 know. seconds.
1: <laughs> I love World of Warcraft. First MMO I ever played. I played it on dial-up. I remember doing dungeons. And then, you know, my brother wanting to call someone on the phone. And I'm like, no, I'm using the internet. And uh, and then he would pull the plug and I'd, my raid group or my dungeon group would go away. Um, I, I have fond memories. And, and that memory, not so fond. That was actually pretty terrible. <laughs> but like I do have fond memories of, of early World of Warcraft days. So I always come back to the expansion. But this one I'm actually hesitant because it's just it's so expensive and then there's a bunch of games coming out in september and october that i know i want um so it's like it becomes this question of if the i I wish i really wish and i think it is probably like day one sales that need to affect this decision but i really wish that when you buy the expansion it just comes with 30 days like here's 30 days especially if you're a returning customer uh just you haven't played in a while here's the expansion like they keep Keep upping the cost of the expansion, but the subscription's still there. And I don't know.
0: And I think especially in Legion, I think the subscription is justified because there was so much content in Legion Mm -hmm. that there were times that I felt that it was difficult to keep up. And we stopped farming, our heroic raid stopped farming and went on hiatus a couple months ago. And the only reason that we did that wasn't even that we thought that we had, you know, out. Leveled the content or, like, you know, overpowered the content or anything. It never felt particularly easy. It's just like we were like, well, we could play this content over and over again and get burnt out, or we could take a couple months off and then get ready for the next expansion because the gear that you get out of the last raid is going to be replaced so quickly when you start questing, anyways. So we were just like, okay, we're going to go on hiatus. But that was a couple months ago contrast that with warlords of draenor where we went like two years after the release that's a little bit of an exaggeration but it was a really long time between the last raid of that expansion and the launch of legion we mm-hmm. haven't had that big huge break this time so when it comes to actually putting out content i feel it that the wow team has been doing a great job with their pacing i haven't felt like i've been you know sitting and waiting for too mm-hmm. long especially with um Putting out the allied races so there's new stories to play through like right now and and new characters to play and and all kinds of stuff so i mean they've been really good with putting out content and so i feel like the subscription is justified and i saw um josh say in the chat room that it's ten dollars cheaper than a brand new AAA game and that's ew and i i understand that sentiment because wow is an old game Mm -hmm. But I also, like I said, with them putting out more and more content in each expansion, and Legion was very, very good from that perspective, I think um, Battle for Azeroth, and now I haven't played all this content yet, but um, they've added island expeditions, they've added warfronts, like there's a, on top of, like, dungeons and raids, there's a Mm. whole bunch of other content that you can play now that is repeatable, but not in the grindy daily quest way, so... I feel like there's a lot of different things for you to go and do if you don't have a raid team, like, because I know that's your big thing, right, is you don't have the time or the interest to raid, right? So you kind of go in and you quest and you maybe play a couple dungeons and then you're done. Well, in Battle for Azeroth, there are other things to do as well that might keep you engaged a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, I have no problem paying for the subscription once I get out of that sort of you know, the honeymoon phase of a new expansion. Like I, I understand I'm cool with the cost of the expansion because there's a lot of content there. I guess it's just, it would be nice. It would be nice. I'm not complaining, but it would be nice if they they kind of gave you that boost of like, you're buying an yeah. expansion oh no, it would, be,
0: it would be great if no you had a free complain. month with the expansion. That would be amazing. It, it <laughs> but, just but, uh, makes
1: sense to me to yeah. kind of... Bake like, that in? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense to Blizzard because they make... Fifteen dollars for every person that gives them sixty for at least yeah. a month. Like I, they're not stupid; they know mm-hmm. people are going to do it. So they, they're not unless they see a fall of people buying that expansion, then they're not going to change their tune. They're going to be like, "No, nah, man, you don't get it. Unless you're brand new, you don't get thirty days." uh So I'm, I'll probably end up picking it up, and it'll probably be like a last minute sort of, "I better do this," you know, for the fourteenth. I'm excited to see where it goes hearing how the stories unfolded, like, in Warcraft 3, I'm i a little more sympathetic to the Alliance and, you know, them taking back, you know, Lordaeron. And the, and I've said this since the cinematic uh, that was unveiled at BlizzCon last year, and I know you're not going to agree, but, you know, <laughs> them taking back Lordaeron makes perfect sense to me. But seeing how everything else has gone gone over for the last, like, how many years in the World of Warcraft universe, you know, with the taking on the Lich King and uh draenor and and legion and all that stuff like you'd think they'd be a little more kumbaya to be able to say like hey maybe you like maybe we help you find a place that isn't like our castle with rich of alliance history and you just maybe we build you something else you vacate um i hear scarlet monastery is nice this time of year (laughs) and just maybe give us back our castle that that has you know centuries of history before you even existed you know i mean you know it would be well nice.
0: technically they are citizens of Lordaeron. they've just you know been turned into what the alliance calls monsters mm. so <laughs> they are I, they are know. technically citizens of Lordaeron. anyways we're not yeah gonna go that's down a that. good point but
1: <laughs> it's still like It'd be different if... Is there even undead in the cinematic? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's, like, all orcs and tauren and trolls.
0: Uh... I yeah, think about it. Is there any undead in
1: there? Except for Sylvanas, of course. But... I think,
0: yeah, there there were a couple of undead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: no, that is a good point. But still, like, I just feel like there would be a little bit more, you know, coexistence happening. But I know, like, Jane is still upset about the Man and Mom thing in Theramore. And and she's got some, some things to do in, in this expansion. Like, they're... They really want just, a war. Listening to talk. you
0: talk, listening to you talk about wow, just it, oh my god, Ryan, it makes me so happy. It's so I just live,
1: I just live vicariously through YouTube, and I, and and I got to say, a lot of people were losing their shit about the Jada animated thing, and I got to say, it was good. Don't get me wrong, but oh just, god, no,
0: I loved it. That's what I I've said on Twitter. Like I mean, I yeah, know a lot of people were saying on Twitter... Yeah, the Warbringer was uh, cinematic was was absolutely beautiful. The art style was great. The song was amazing. It was so mm. well performed. Like that, no, that cinematic was awesome. And I'm hoard through and through. You know that, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I just... it's like there's there's been some amount of setup for the conflict and we have kind of talked about this in mm-hmm. an exhaustive fashion over on for azeroth um so they they have set up the conflict they set it up in an okay way i wish they'd done it differently because i feel like some of it has been bad storytelling some of it's been really ham-fisted and they they made the kind of easy choice although they kept things really under wraps on beta. We still don't know what's going to happen next week, which, you know, good on them. They basically, hmm. like, didn't make it available, like, anything. Um, So they're going to literally patch it in right before we play it on Tuesday. So it's uh, we don't actually know what's happening, so there's a bit of speculation about, like, who does what and what starts the war specifically. Um, we know, like, the major events, but we don't know how they happen necessarily okay and so i mean like the story's been okay but i think it's because like the alliance and the horde since they are the factions that we play as people and characters in the game like we're super super invested in whatever side we play so it's a risky decision anyways to because like you said for the last little while we've been working side by side especially in legion They, I think, made the mistake of putting us as players in charge of our order. So, you know, I was the head hunter. I was the head um, paladin. I was the head mage. Mm -hmm. That, I don't find that interesting. I don't care about my story. I would rather be a grunt in the story of Sylvanas and Jaina. So I think that they've made a good decision to move back to, like, the big lore characters that we have to tell their story and have us as, like, part of the grander world but i don't want to be the center of the story anymore i'm boring (laughs) i'm not a crazy badass undead banshee or like a mage that could probably tear the world in half like those are the interesting characters but then you're right like it does seem kind of jarring to go from something like that to something like this where all of a sudden we're losing all of our agency, we're no longer important, and the faction leaders are making what looks like very bad decisions. And so it's it was kind of a jarring transition from Kumbaya, we're all fighting together to defeat the Legion, to now all of a sudden we're fighting each other. There's some story beats, but they're like they were very secondary. They weren't the focus of Legion, so a right. lot of the build up to Battle for Azeroth was a little bit lost and a little bit convoluted.
1: I had a thought you know, pop into my head, and, and I think this sums up how I've experienced the story. And I and I probably I will buy it. Like I'll play it, and I'll play it for a couple months, and I'll enjoy well, it. Well, if you're only gonna but... quest,
0: then you don't really need to get it on launch, right? You can no. wait and get it later. Like, it you never said, go- there's it, a lot of stuff.
1: It doesn't go on sale, so there's no real point. in anyway. It
0: doesn't usually go on sale until like usually a year or two in for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I was gonna say like from 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 the outside, even even the Warbringers sort of uh, cinematic. Uh, it just feels like this expansion is just... The people they're focusing on are dicks. And then some of the folks just have dicks whispering into their ear. Like, Anduin seems like an okay guy, but he's got, like, that Worgen guy being like... You should kill the Horde. It's like, oh, yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. Like, we should go kill the Horde. And then Sylvanas is is also doing things that, you know, we should, should kill the Alliance. The Alliance. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with it getting back to that story. I guess I just have to experience it for myself. And I'm hearing just things off you know off the cuff on Twitter and and stuff and I know people are much more involved with it than than I am so uh I look forward to jumping back in I just I don't know maybe maybe this is the one exp- like the expansion where I'm first being like I don't know if I feel like I want to experience you know the first month of story and then get the rest on on YouTube it feels like I'm not getting my money's worth but then again like even playing for a month I'll probably play a good chunk of it and get get my money's worth in terms of hours played so and it sounds like there's a lot more to do than just quests so i, I like the idea there of island yeah. expeditions i want to try that out so
0: I'm really excited about Island Expeditions. I think they sound really cool. And I like the idea that they've really been working on the AI because that's always one of my problems with WoW, right? Is like if you run by a a character and you're far enough away, they magically don't see you like (laughs) Mm. it's kind of dumb, but apparently um, because you can play Island Expeditions either in PvE form or PvP form, the PvE ai is actually going to play as if you're in pvp so it's like they'll have rogues that are going to stealth and are going to jump out at you and not in the really crappy way that stealth characters jump out at you air quotes when you're questing in a pve world they're very much going to feel like they're being controlled by real people and they'll do things like target your healer and stun lock you and do all the things that people tend to like hate because they don't understand about pvp so they're going to be challenging, which I think is what's important. <laughs> so I, I think they're going to be really cool and they're going to be um, constantly changing, which is another thing that I find. Like if, if WoW content is too static, it was always my, pro- my problem with dungeons previously, is like the content was too static. So there was a best way to do something. And then if you didn't know the best way to do something after like day one, then people were yelling at you. Hmm. So if island expeditions are going to be, you know, random enough that even if you go back to the same island, it might have a different problem to solve. That's really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. So So I think it's
0: going to be very replayable content. I think it's gonna be really fun. I think it's gonna be really interesting. And especially when you can do it in two different forms, like you can make it a PVP arena, basically, or you can play it with two other people in a in a PVE kind of a setting, so.
1: Okay, so yay or nay, because we're running long, do I sub early and enjoy the pre-patch stuff? Like, is there enough there for, like, like, is there if, Id- some interesting stuff there?
0: If you miss the pre-patch, you're going to miss some story beats, but I don't think it's going to be anything that you can't necessarily catch up on. Um, this week was very, um, I don't want to say boring, but it was, like, all the good stuff is happening next week and the week after and it's the really important big battles of the war so it's basically like the horde's first assault on the alliance and then the alliance's first assault on the horde so it's you know the darnassus scenario and the lordaeron scenario so if those are interesting to you and you want to find out how the war starts then Mm -hmm. yes play the pre-patch if that's not necessarily interesting to you and you just want to get to the cool stuff with the zandalari trolls and the kul then don't bother just wait till launch day
1: are those scenarios going to be available post-launch or are they just pre-patch exclusive
0: um i'm actually not sure that's Hmm. a really good question okay um
1: i always look into it and see i mean we've got a couple weeks right so
0: yeah the broken shore which was the legion scenario like story beat was still available you must be able to still play them that's a really good question, actually. I feel like that's something I should know. Well,
1: I mean, <laughs> got time. like
0: it's never come up for me because ever since I started playing, then I've been able to just you know, like, right? Like I've never had a break in my playing since I started playing WoW, which was like six years ago. I keep calling myself a WoW noob, but it was actually no. six years ago. <laughs> you,
1: I, I am, I am a, a WoW veteran, and and so says on my account. I learned what that meant, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm sort of casual now because I only pop in every two years. So <laughs> yeah. I go to you for for all the information. And
0: Manny and... says they're gone after launch, and Manny uh-huh. knows all. So yeah. if you want to play through those scenarios, then. Have at it. Okay.
1: okay. Well, maybe, uh, I, you know, I don't mind popping in a week early just to kind of, you know, kick the tires a bit and, and get to know my character again and figure out who I yeah, want to play which, at launch. Yeah, which
0: you'll have to do because, uh, be yeah, the characters, they did, uh, they made a lot of changes because they got rid of our artifact weapons. So wow. they had to make a lot of changes to the classes to make them feel good hmm. without the weapon. A lot of classes, especially demon hunters, were really built around the artifact weapon and all the different traits that you could get and stuff. So to try to make them feel good again they uh yeah definitely changed a lot of things for a lot of classes so what do you what do you play what's what's your main character you're a mage aren't you uh
1: i was warlock and then when legion came out i went demon hunter so Ah. i don't know if i'm gonna continue the demon hunter
0: i've heard warlocks are really fun right now yeah i
1: I feel like i've been playing a warlock since like (laughs) burning crusade (laughs) <laughs> uh so i might i don't know i have the boost i don't, i'm terrible at trying new classes so we'll see i i've got a couple <laughs> characters but uh i might
0: well they actually know. have an option now you can try a character at max level before you buy basically yeah and so. i know
1: we talked about that i, I might mm-hmm. try that out and see like and and it sounds like this might be the expansion to maybe not for you but for some folks to play both sides cuz if there's a lot of story going on it might be worth There's a lot of story out. and
0: there's a lot of different story in um Legion every zone was the same regardless of who you leveled as yeah. um so in Battle for Azeroth you get two totally different storylines right cuz we're at war so we're literally not questing through the same spots like Yeah there's two different islands, ones for the Alliance, ones for the Horde, and then when you do crisscross and go over to the other islands, it's very much like a, okay, now we're on a warfront type thing. Like you don't go through and actually do the content that the Alliance does as the Horde when you go over to the other island. Mm. So, it's uh, so yeah, there are definitely two sides to the story in this expansion, and it's worth uh, I think worth playing through on both sides.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll look into the allied races. If what you're doing is
0: story and if what you're into is is questing, then yeah, definitely play both sides. If you've got other stuff to do, pick a side. Don't be flip-floppy and pick Horde.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would probably do story. I haven't played Alliance since, like, vanilla when I was i think i've said this on the show before so it's it's not embarrassing it was a it's a little embarrassing it was a night elf uh but i was a dude night elf so i wasn't like everybody else and played a female night elf i was like this derpy male night elf rogue and uh i just feel so dirty it's just was not my proudest moment
0: (laughs) and pvp we did a lot of pvp
1: so yeah vanilla wow that brings back some memories. Anyways, yeah, World of Warcraft. I did, honestly didn't mean to extend the show 10 minutes, but... Uh, it's all right. I, we'll, we're going to talk more about it, because if I'm playing it, I don't have a WoW podcast to uh, to, to divert exactly, those guys. conversations.
0: Ryan brought this up. This was yeah. not me. So. so, Manny,
1: I'm not trying to, like, you know, get in on the...
0: Step on your toes?
1: Yeah, no, no. Still go to the three-hour marathon that is uh, for Azeroth. Here, we're probably, if we're going to marathon it, we're going to, like you know, stretch it out another 10 minutes, but, uh, yeah, not three hours.
0: <laughs> we haven't hit three hours in like, you know, three or four weeks. It's we only did
1: three. Oh, you're talking about we four only hours did
0: two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, yeah no, no. We, we literally start for Azeroth being like okay yeah like hour maybe an hour and a half and then I'm like okay yeah we got to stop recording now it's been two and a half hours we need to we need to stop
1: <laughs> I, I just keep saying uh, things that keep upsetting the chat room so I apologize yeah. <laughs> everyone we'll we'll stop talking about WoW until next week and may, maybe I'll pop back in uh I have vacation the week before launch or the week of launch I'm trying to remember when does it launch the 14th is it a Friday uh
0: technically for us the 13th it's a Monday so it the actual launch date is the 14th but they're doing a global launch so it launches Ah. like super early on the 14th but like over in china and then so for us it's actually 6 p.m on the 13th and it's 3 p.m pacific on the 13th for uh, california so yeah global launch of battle for azeroth
1: california okay yeah so i'll have the week off maybe that'll be a good like dip my toes back in and get ready because i know uh it, it might be tough to get some some time to 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 kind of figure it all out again so yeah we'll um we'll talk more about wow i'll probably play it i think i don't i don't think i needed much to be pushed over the fence i think it was just like it just it's a new expansion it's gonna happen might as well just you know accept just the do fact. it
0: just yeah just yeah. do it and just push the button that gives blizzard money and don't think about how many monies it is that's yeah. what i do <laughs> i'm not gonna
1: get the digital deluxe edition i don't think that's worth it for me it,
0: i think i got the digital deluxe edition but to be honest i can't remember it's <laughs> like <laughs> it's
1: expensive and you don't get the soundtrack which was always the big thing for me and, and like mm. you know mounts are nice and you know hearthstone and overwatch tags are great but i just don't plan up blizzard games to warrant oh extra yeah i totally
0: I definitely did get the Digital Deluxe because that Hearthstone card back is like the best card back that's in the game. So (laughs) yeah,
1: I mean, like, if you play a lot of Blizzard games, and that $25 is like a drop in the bucket. It's worth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays, Ryan, Dar Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed live on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash The Gamers In, and are available after the fact at that same Twitch URL. If you'd like to email the show and tell us to stop talking about Warcraft, you can do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.